0: Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, with all of this rain, he can't keep up with the rust spots on his cyber truck. it's Justin Hausman! I saw one the other day
1: for the for the second time. No
0: wet Second time? I haven't even seen one yet.
1: I saw one parked at, uh, near uh, Sugar Bowl, which is a ski area near Tahoe, like a month ago. Yeah. And, Mar- and my wife and I were like, oh, there it is. Let's get close to it like let's take stupid pictures of it but we um couldn't quite figure out how they got to where they were or it was complicated and like yeah um and then the other day i was coming back from a from a surf over in bolinas the little town to the west of here and sure enough i could see it it was like a long straightaway like a two-lane road like super long straightaway and i'm like what is that oh my god that's gonna be a cybertruck it has to be like you could tell from the from the headlights like one sure. string one solid like necklace of headlights it rolls up, and sure enough, here it comes. Just dirty. <laughs> it just looks like shit.
0: Probably rusty. I mean, that was all the news yesterday. Like, you know, a little bit of rain can cause a little, little rust flex on on your. Which I guess they buff right out, but it's like, yeah, here's a $100,000 car. You got to make sure you buff it every time it rains. What is it made out of? Stainless steel. Stainless steel doesn't rust. It's not supposed to. What the hell? <laughs> I saw one thing they said that might be... Uh, like de- debris from railroad tracks, and I I don't know. Oh, man. you know the, what? A pro- yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't. I wonder if it gets like little rock chips, like the ins- like once it's ex- maybe it's the inside will rust or something. That's yeah. amazing.
0: Today we're going to be running through some of the latest headlines that come out of the outdoor industry and community. But before we get to that, we're recording this on Friday, February sixteenth. I had fifteenth written in the outline. That was bad of me. Which means we made it to the weekend which also means that it's time for America's favorite podcast segment. What is Justin doing this weekend? Presented by long weekend coffee. So Justin American wants to know, what are you doing this weekend? You didn't didn't think about this at all. Did you? (laughs) Did think about this.
1: Trying to, trying to, trying to uh, make it, make it sound cool. (laughs) Are You going to the dump? Uh, oh, I wish, Colin. It hasn't stopped raining here for uh, since I don't know November,
0: and this it's, is the time of year when the norcal Cal, Nor, you know, North North Cal, SoCal conversation, you know, slides in our favor. Yeah, you know? it does because it is going to be
1: <laughs> pissing rain starting tonight until Tuesday, and then Saw that, take yeah. like a two minute break and then rain throughout the entire month, which is even more of a kick in the balls because it's a leap year, so there's a one extra day in February. It's just a little. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. It's I would be hiding from the rain. Like I think we're gonna like clean our kids' rooms. It's gonna suck. It's like the three day weekend, and I'm not doing anything. Like I can't. You will go outside, you immediately drown. So I don't know. Do you still I, have
0: your tent up in the backyard? No, do you do that I up took it around? down,
1: and it's a huge problem because it's uh, it's got. It hasn't stopped raining, so I can't dry it out. So I don't know what's happening to it. Uh, it's it's curr- just sitting it's out curr- in the backyard. Like, no, collapsed. I took it down. It's like balled up into a, into a, in a bin. But I'm sure it's just got. I'm Ugh. sure it's ha- achieved sentience at this point. There's so much mold in there, but. <laughs> Oh gosh, you I don't know how people is walking around. Anybody listening to this? Well, you lived in the Pacific Northwest, like what? The, yeah. like what in the hell?
0: Well, so most Pacific Northwest, I, I felt like there definitely were big storms where you know it rained, rained, but then most of the time it's just kind of gray and misty, which I I like. You know, I like doing mountain biking I can and, and sort running of in deal that. Deal with that, but
1: it's just oh god, like the two little kids. Our house is small. Ugh. I'll be drinking lots of coffee though. I'll be drinking a lot of coffee.
0: Well, speaking of Long Weekend Coffee, I'm not going to do my typical outro because I've heard from the folks at Long Weekend that our promo code ROCK10 is not being heavily used. It's been used, but not heavily used. Not, I, mean, it's been, I would lightly use might even be a stretch. So I want to let our audience know, like, look, I buy this coffee myself. They don't give me any. I don't get anything for this <laughs> other than some support on the show. So I'm telling you, this is good coffee. It is buy really the good. secret handshake. Please give it a try. This is a personal endorsement. From me, not just reading you a random ad that you're waiting to like hit the 15 second button and get to like, you know, the, the silly things that Justin and I are about to say about some things that were in the, new, uh, in the news. So go buy some long weekend coffee, secret handshake, more, more weekend, please. We'll put the tagline on. It is on a three day that.
1: weekend. It is a long it's weekend. A four, it's a four day
0: weekend here. Well, Kids you are try- off today and Monday. Interesting. Well, we're going to start today with a couple of stories that came out over the past week from the top of the world, which, of course, is Mount Everest. So I got two things. I'll I'll read the summary from both of them. Then we can kind of we can address them together. So the first and uh, this is well covered news. I saw it in a few places, but I, I found this on the BBC, which that climbers on Mount Everest will now have to pack their poop off of the mountain, which is something I never really thought of before. Because high up on the mountain. Uh, Apparently people just kind of poop out in the open um, when they need to go. And according to the BBC, people climbing Mount Everest will now have to clear up their own poo and bring it back to base camp to be disposed of. Our mountains have begun to stink. Mingma Sherpa, chairman of uh, the the local municipality, told the BBC, due to the extreme temperatures, excrement left on Everest does not fully degrade. We're getting complaints that human stools are visible on rocks and some climbers are falling sick. This is not acceptable. And erodes our image. So they're going to be, have to. They're going to have to buy poo bags, and then that will, will be checked on their return. So you are going to have to like prove that you pooped in a bag <laughs> while you're up there. That's amazing. <laughs> what if you didn't poop? But I thought of that because I think then you say like I don't think There's I would no poop little of that. In hell, high. I'd be
1: pooping that. I time. don't think I would I be mean, either. I go, unless I, I had on, a like, problem. Well, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah,
0: I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't need to get into it. But I doubt I would. Well, then the second part, it kind of plays into it too, is about the amenities at base camp. So, Explorers Web reported this week that Kumbu authorities are trying to curb luxurious amenities at Everest Base Camp. They want to limit the huge dome tents that dominate every team's base camp with comfy armchairs, spacious tables, jumbo screens, and great views of the mountains. And they also want to limit the amount of helicopters that shuttle gear and climbers between higher camps on the mountain. There are some climbers that in the past have taken a helicopter from base camp to, to camp two so they could skip the Kumbu icefall. Huh. And now I think. Both of these sound like worthy initiatives and you hear them laid out. I don't I don't know why anyone would have a problem with this, but the thing I want to talk about is like, why does anyone climb Mount Everest anymore? <laughs>
1: I'm just going to say that.
0: <laughs> it's like, see so now, let's, if the, here's the recap I've heard over the last few years. You have to spend more money than most people make in a year to go to a place to stand in long lines with a bunch of other rich assholes where and in a place where your body is actively dying, you're surrounded by frozen dead bodies and turds. And the more rich you are, it means that you get to have the amenities of home because nothing says big mountain adventure like watching True Detective in base camp before shuttled past the scary parts of the mountain. <laughs> like this is not an adventure. This is an expensive, deadly, gross, humble brag. At this point, I I, I never been one that want to do this, but I don't know, man. What do you What do you think of all this?
1: I don't care remotely about climbing Mount Everest. I mean, like it's just not interesting to me. It was like it. It's interesting when it was fifty years ago, uh, and I. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously ways to do it that are burly. I mean, it's the it's not a joke, you know. It's not a joke. Uh, a lot of people die. Um, but I I I have to agree with you. I don't know why. Like a neighbor of mine is like kind of starting down the path. Like he's taking a, um a mountaineering course next month, and like his idea is to eventually do Everest. I'm like for what, dude? He's but he's just bored. Like he's just bored. <laughs> well, the I, I have a couple thoughts. One is like I. I don't know what it's like to have that feeling that you need to stand on the highest thing. Like, I don't... Yeah, are you a right. goat? Like, I don't... I've never... <laughs> like, I, it's never made any sense to me. So, like, uh, what's the difference? Like, can you... Are you aware when you're on Everest that you're on the highest point on Earth? No. I mean, you could probably feel like you do if you're on top of Rainier. I mean, like, it's the highest thing around. Like, is you, it that? You like, I mean, you've
0: been on top of mountains, though, right? It's a cool feeling to be on top of, of a course, mountain. Of course, but,
1: like, the, the, like, why do you need to be on the top... Like... It seems silly to 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 have to be on the highest possible place on the earth. I mean, like, are you really gonna like not be able to like die peacefully, knowing that you didn't make it to the top of Everest? It seems silly to me. It wouldn't. It wouldn't if 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 four people did it a year and it was pristine. Then it would be make all the sense in the world. But I'm, I mean, this is all in in with the context of what it's actually as, as far as I know, like today to climb Everest. Like that's that at this point, it seems like there's massively diminishing returns from that experience. I would think so i I don't know i i'm we actually talked about this on a j the other day i I'm baffled that this wasn't already a thing with with poop with poop bags like like I don't understand how poop bags aren't already. That should be that that should be normal <laughs> everywhere. Like I haven't
0: I, I climbed right near. We had bags. I mean, yeah, like, you we have like if
1: now. you do Whitney, if you do Whitney, you have to have a bag. Right. I mean, like I don't like I don't go camping without I, I have a portable toilet and I use poop bags. Like, I've done this for years now. Like I don't dig holes. Like if I'm backpacking, I would. Well. But even then I might I, not. Frankly, like I'd probably go with the bag. It makes more sense. Like I, this is probably too much crap.
0: The, well, then it's all <laughs> literally. I think it's the it's the I'm sure this is something that wasn't thought of before the the crowds have just kind of gotten out of control, which it really feels like it has on that mountain. I mean, it's off putting enough for me where you what see the you line. Do you feel
1: like a dick taking a shit on Everest anyway? I mean, it's a very sacred place. i yeah. I mean like like it just seems weird. I mean, I don't know. I guess you do what the Sherpa do. I, I I guess. I don't I don't know. I just feel like that is not something that I, I would if I was climbing Everest, I would assume I have to bring poop bags. That would just I'm baffled that this wasn't already. And
0: look, that. I I get the altitude. Fucks with you at that at that point. At the yeah. same, they say in the article about how, like, well, sometimes there's places where it's it's icy and you can't dig a hole or whatever. It's like. Come on, man. If you're if you have to go, if you have an emergency, like at least just drop a rock on top or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it just it just seems kind of crazy to me that 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 wouldn't happen anyway. But I agree with you. Like, why wouldn't you? An outfitter should just bring poop bags, even if it's not required. Yeah. Like, here you go. If you're gonna have to, if you have to go up I guess you're
1: in like a crazy snowsuit. I've never worn like a full body mountaineering suit. I mean, I'm sure it's complicated, but then you still have to take it off to poop. So, well, presumably, I don't know. Wear a diaper. Is that an option? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I. I uh... It's gross. It's just I don't mean I don't mean gross like it's like smelly poop gross. I mean the whole thing to me seems gross at this point.
0: It's it's the whole that, exactly, and that's what I mean about it. it. Doesn't feel like adventure. One of the first sets of interviews I did like when we started the rock fight that were actually kind of repurposed from another show, but it was like it was in response to lines on K two, yeah. And Steve actually Steve Casimiro from AJ was was one of the people I spoke to about it, and it was. You know, is this adventure? And of course, most people who wait in are like, well, you know, it's an individual decision to determine what's adventure and what right. isn't, and those well, kinds sure. of things. And yes, yeah, so if you're going up on Mount Everest or K2, then yeah, it is an adventure. And and it is. But I don't what it's kind of what are you looking to get out of your adventure? I I you know, even if you're being guided, I have no problem with being guided. And I understand going to these places, hiring a guide to be responsible, even if you're a, a really good mountaineer, probably. it's it's good idea to have somebody with you who knows what they're doing. There's 14 8,000-meter peaks and right. a lot of other peaks over there that are probably just below you know, 8,000 meters. Wouldn't it be badass to go to one of those and like, hike up a line or climb a line? There's not, a lot of, not as many people there, if any. you, know? yeah, you poop your point, you, you want there. <laughs> That's, no one's going there. Poop all over the place. But, yeah, you get to the top. And I can't imagine the experience is that much different. It I just feels like so much like it's is a humble brag ego thing that people are like. I'm going to climb Everest. It's like why don't you say I'm going to go climbing in the Himalaya? I, yeah.
1: I don't know. I agree. I agree. And I would just just like implore anybody listening, to just just stop stop digging cat holes when you're camping. Just stop doing it. Just just figure it. Use a bag. Figure it out. I, I mean, to like, carry it out. Yeah, yeah, carry it with you. I mean, like uh, one, we know now that it's. Like it, it if you're backpacking, you're probably staying in places everybody else's stays too. And then most of them are pooping there. And like, it's, you know, it was one thing <laughs> when, when like it was the sixties and seventies and we're kind of new into this, but it's 2024, people are going to all the same spots. You're not, you're not Lewis and Clark. You're not pioneering new territory. You're pooping where somebody else pooped at this point, And it's bad. I yeah. mean, I also think that when you are in the habit of digging cat holes while you're backpacking or camping and it's easier to kind of overlook, Oh, Like, because you know how the, you know, everybody listening to this knows this situation. You're like, I'm backpacking. I need to poop. That tree looks good. And you go over there and sure enough, a little bit of toilet paper, you see it. Right. And how often does this happen? And you're like, okay, well, clearly somebody else had this idea too, or whatever. That is when you're also digging cat holes. I feel like that is something that you're kind of like, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else had the same idea. Like, it doesn't bother you as much, but since I've stopped doing that and I've started using uh, poop bags, wag bags, whatever you want to call them, yeah. now now when I see a little bit of toilet paper, I become enraged. I mean, it's like, this is so freaking gross. Yeah, Just, that's
0: the double whammy because, like, you should at least be packing out the toilet paper even if you're going to open oh, a hole. No,
1: I, most yeah. people, no, they leave it.
0: Everybody that's does. Bullshit. Mean, Most people Come leave on. it.
1: And it's, and it's, it's just gross. It's like, nobody, nobody deserves to like walk into that situation. And like, I yeah. don't know whether it's good or bad for the soil. I don't care. Frankly, it's just gross, you know? And it's yeah. just like, yeah, just pack it out. I don't care if you're on Everest or in like your like state park,
0: just pack it out. Just Not be grown up. The bags are great. They're double sealed. Yeah. You can't like, you can't tell. It's fine. What about the other piece of this? of the amenities thing. I mean, I, that's another <laughs> one that I, I, goes to the money. Like I, I kind of get, and I knew that like base camps, there there were people well, they talked people about a base camp, but ever
1: like people will just go to base camps. Yeah, to no, check no it people have set up like, like massage
0: tents and stuff. So, I, and I understand that. Look, you're bringing people who aren't going to climb. There's medical people that you there's there's the need for amenities. You're going to go live on this mountain for three months. It can't just be you and your backpacking tent sleeping on a thermorest. I, I I get that. But you're generating power to run a television so you can, like, I presumably use what, like Starlink or something so that you can get internet back to the early part of our conversation. And, you know, and it's, and again, like, this is probably a, a, Everest Base Camp is probably maybe a pro for something like Starlink, but not so you can watch your shows while you're waiting to climb the mountain, which by the way, maybe you're taking a fucking helicopter to skip the Kumbu (laughs) Icefall. Like, frankly, I'm like, if I'm motivated to climb Everest, I'm surprised. I wanna wanna go through the Kumbu Icefall.
1: I'm pretty surprised that's not. I guess to a certain degree, you you, maybe you're that probably is really energy sapping. So maybe if you skip it, you're more likely to survive the entire experience. But to me, it seems like if you can't do that part, you shouldn't be able to climb to the top. I I I I feel like amenities are fine for the like first responders. I mean, if there's I don't know, are there are there full time mountain rescue people there now? If there are, probably they can have a place (laughs) to chill. But at the same time, to me, all of this stuff is like I don't. I feel like it should be like this anywhere. The locals should get to decide or wh- whoever the closest thing to locals are. Like, do they want that there? Do they not mind? Okay, great.
0: It's yeah. such a weird thing. And I guess I don't, I can't relate to it all. Cause like, okay, our long gestating bike trip that we that we keep wanting to take. And, <laughs> right. You know, we're, we're now, it's raining, it's raining. So that's why we haven't taken it yet, right? But like, you know, we we could easily say, let's go stay in a hotel somewhere. We're like, no, nah, let's find a campground. Let's do this well, or we're, yeah. let's bike pack or whatever it is. And it's like, if I'm going to climb Everest, it's not that I would want to be intentionally uncomfortable. It's like, why do you want to spend all that money <laughs> Go to a place where you're climbing a mountain, but then set it up so that it's trying to be uh, you know a watered down version of your house. I I it's not.
1: Go to therapy instead. (laughs) You're trying to fill a hole. Clearly, (laughs) just go to therapy.
0: Right. Good for the uh, local municipalities here for saying you know what we're not going to do it this way anymore. You want to go. You want to climb the mountain. You got to go through the ice fall. Let's go. You know, and pick up and pick up your shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Pick up. Everybody has to bring one body back. Everybody. (gasps) One body. Can you
0: imagine like. Hey, uh, so you see that line, 100 people, like we're at freaking Disneyland? Yeah, we're going to stand in that. I know you can't breathe. Um, Oh, and when you get about 30 feet up the slope, there's a dead body there. Yeah, you have to step over multiple dead bodies. You're going to hang out by that for 20 minutes? Just can't quite get (laughs) to it, I guess. Next up are some headlines from the surf world. Uh, You had mentioned the Lexus Pipe Pro women's contest that happened this past week uh, in Oahu. Surfer.com reported this event would go down in history. You know, what was it about this that caught your attention that you wanted to talk about it?
1: Well... It's interesting because I don't really, we probably, I think we feel, I feel like we talked about it on the show. Maybe not, but like surf contest normally are, I don't really care. There's something about the pipeline event. So, you know, pipeline is this, if you don't know, it's it's the kind of the most famous wave in the world. It's the, the pretty hairball barrel on the North Shore of Oahu that breaks really close to shore. So it's a great contest venue. I mean, it's like yard, yards from the beach. You can actually feel the waves break when it's big on the sand. It rumbles. It's pretty incredible. Well, easily the world's most dangerous wave um, in terms of actual, like, fatalities and people that get hurt. It's, 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 it's no joke. Um, and it's been only the last few years where women have competed there. Uh, and it's 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 a super aggressively, it's, a, it's the most aggressive lineup in the world. A lot of testosterone. Um, I mean, you could be the best surfer from your country and show up there and just get your ass handed to you by the wave and the locals. I mean, it's not a place to mess around. Um, but there have been women that have surfed it Of course, but they it's always been kind of like on the periphery, and so a few years back they started. um, There's been this big push to have women compete in the same places as men on the on the professional surf tour, and so Pipeline's finally part of the women's tour, and it's still pretty new. And what's been interesting is uh, just I guess just to watch the the leaps in 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 performance in the last couple of years in women surfing in in, in like these big barrels, which there's no like physical reason why women can't do it. They've honestly usually just get kind of pushed the periphery. Like you can only surf pipe if you surf pipe. Like you can't just show up and like have it wired. Like you need to surf pipe a lot to be able to actually like make it right. work. This contest was basically it was like all the culmination of of all of this effort by women that surf big powerful waves, their efforts to get them on the tour, their efforts to actually get chance to surf these waves or after their their water time at these waves is finally increasing and all of a sudden it was just like bang they're like basically as good as the dudes like all of a sudden and it was the most incredible performance that uh I've ever seen in any kind of surf event the the, fi- the final day um it was just you could feel it like you could feel like the moment like just watching it like the women were like i it's hard to i, I it's hard to say this without sounding patronizing but you could like f- sort of feel how they were like, wow, we're doing this. Like, this is happening. Like, we're getting tens. Like, we're getting giant tubes. Holy shit. Like, this is this giant watershed moment in, like, women surfing. And, like, women have always had this, like, they can't surf big waves. They can't get barreled. Like, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why that's sort of been the narrative. Often, usually because they're probably pushed to the periphery in lineups where you, you need the practice to be able to surf. Like, I can't surf. Yeah. I, I, I would die. I've surfed for 30 years. I would die surfing pipeline. Well, and to and like, your
0: point about it is like it's – it's. I mean the, the localism is real there, and it's also a place where all – I'm sure like the male pros are showing up all the time, right? It's, oh, course. And it's course. Like, it's, it's always a packed lineup if, it, if, it's, if it's going off, right? Always,
1: always. And, yeah. and there's a giant hierarchy that you are not in if you um, don't live there, first of all. And if you're not – like you know, there's just it, – it's, it, it's gotten a little bit – I wouldn't say better because I actually like localism in surfing. It's gotten a bit more open in, in recent years, but um, it's still very much a place where you are not just going to show up and paddle out there. Also, you, it,
0: super uh, dangerous. Let's not forget that element of it, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean,
1: like, this has also been the most dangerous— this is the other thing. This has been the most dangerous year in terms of pros getting hurt at Pipeline, really, ever. No one's died yet this year, but there's been, like, six or seven world-class pros that have been, like, sent to the ICU in Honolulu this year alone from Pipe. A guy, A guy just came out of a coma a few days ago who's, like, a very good— pipe surfer. Um, I mean, this wave does not joke around.
0: Yeah, because it's in like, when it breaks, it's like six inches of water. Right? I mean, depends. it's like, incredibly I mean, that's shallow. Part of, yeah. That, yeah, it's super
1: shallow and there's reef heads <laughs> yeah. everywhere and like it's, you know, even yeah. if it was just breaking on sand, it would be it would be horrific. Right. But, um, it's what's interesting is that it takes. Unfortunately, with surfing, it kind of takes contests for this sort of thing to happen because it's the one of the rare like these women couldn't have just showed up a pipeline and be like, we're gonna we're gonna surf pipe today, and we're gonna get all the waves. So like it's kind of the one time where uh, surf contests actually are this thing where everybody can kind of rally around and like really because and really enjoy as like a community. And, like surf contests are. Often really boring. I mean, it's unless like, so you nobody really cares who wins, so it's not like you're getting fired up like a football game. But this was a yeah. moment where the entire surf world was like glued to their screens, like watching history happen. And it was just it was really freaking neat. And I encourage anybody that can, you can go to the World Surf League website, that you can watch the the, the heat replays. But um, it was just really spectacular. It was a, just a watershed moment in in not just women's surf history, but surf history period. I mean, I'm trying to think of what a, I don't know what an equivalent would be, like to the rest of the outdoor sports world.
0: How do surfers view the whole just con- the competition element of it? Because I mean, for the for the sport that is With, you know such marketed so much on like the you know the spiritual nature of it and the kind of the vibe of it and everything, and then to have sort of the competitive the WSL and everything is that generally accepted? Is there a, no. is there a faction of the surf world that's uh, like fuck all that? Or
1: we pay attention to it, but um, I, I would say that the WSL is probably the least popular of any uh, version of whatever the Pro Surf Tour uh, governing body is. I mean, it's the most water. It's ridiculous. Like if you watch it now. Now uh, it looks like it, I mean, it's first of all, it's called the World Surf League. What is that even <laughs> league of what? Like, it doesn't make yeah, any right. sense. It used to just be the associ- Association of Surfing Professionals. That that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, But they tried. They brought in a guy who used to work for the NFL like a few years back to like redo this whole mm. thing. And so like now they have lockers, which is stupid. Like you go like I used to go all the time to these big tour events. Like you go inside and they have these like wooden lockers and like with their, like, name on it, like, it, like they're playing for the Broncos, and it's just, like, this is not surfing, and, like, if you watch the event, it'll have, like, here's in the heat, and they're all, like, wearing, like, a, like, this, fa- well, you can't see me, but, like, you know, kind of arms crossed, like, making a kind of a mean face, and they all have, like, a uniform on, I mean, like, what, right. it's incredible, I mean, that, it's, no, I think we, we all like to joke uh, about how bad the World Surf League has become, and, like, I don't think any surfer really gives a shit about competition I mean it's a way to make a living for some of these people but it's never been something that we've particularly cared about the only reason it's even fun to watch is because it's like oh all the best surfers in the world are surfing this wave cool like yeah I'll watch that but I mean otherwise you just watch a surf movie it gets the same thing
0: no man but it it is cool and those moments are what makes sports and competition you know, and it's worthy yeah. and there is some level of, when that happens, when it is like, like, uh, Caitlin Clark, you know, setting the women's scoring totally. record for for Iowa the other night. Like, you know, I saw the, re- I didn't watch the game, but I saw the replay and I watched it three or four times. It was just awesome because you just, not only just the accomplishment, you're empathizing with the person and their family, but then you just see the fans all going apeshit. And that's kind of a, probably an analogous moment too because, you know, I don't think a ton of people are that invested in women's college basketball and no now way. everyone's no talking way. about women's college basketball. I, I so will,
1: I will, I, I happily watched a lot of Iowa basketball to watch Caitlin Clark. Like, right. she's she's that fun to watch. And th- honestly, that's how Katie Simmers is, who I believe won the contest, the pipe contest. And she's like, I don't even know if she's 18. She might be nice. I, like, she, you know, like, just absolutely barnstormed the place. It's so freaking cool to see. And, you know, I have two little girls. And my four-year-old yeah. at this point, you know how it is. You've got yeah. girls. I mean, like, my four-year-old at this point, if we watch anything, she's like, oh, I want to watch the girls do it. So like I'll, yep. I'll, I'll, have them watch surfing sometimes and she'll, and she'll be like, I don't, daddy, I don't watch the girls part. And it's like, I'm so stoked to be able to show her that now. It's, it's, right. it's absolutely incredible.
0: Well, I'll go find, I'll find the links on the WSL um, website and I'll put it in the show notes so people can check it out for sure. The other thing that came out of surfing this week was on Outsides website. There's a whole feature about Surfline and you and I were talking a little bit about this and we kind of just wanted to touch on it because Surfline's an interesting thing. If I mean, I guess it's interesting probably if, even if you're not if you're not a surfer, because Surfline is an app and it kind of you gives you you know live updates on what conditions are at breaks all over the world it and has a lot of, point, a lot of cameras, cameras pointing at them, so you can just look at cameras, the Cameras, right, right. Which you know, for guys like you and me who live kind of at least a twenty to forty minute drive from where we want to surf, it's nice to be able to kind of go on your computer and take a look at it before yeah. you get in the car and drive out. Now it sounds like there's a lot of controversy around it in the surf community about about Surfline and what it means, and that's what the kind of the focus of this article was a bit of the history of it. Um, just kind of stay on your, your, surfing, your surfing horse here. You know, why, why don't I clear out so you can talk for about Surfline for a second?
1: Well, the article was, in, it was interesting. It was written by a guy named Kyle DiNuccio, who's definitely uh, been around. He's a legit surf journalist, worked at the Surfer Journal for a long time. I know him. He lives in San Francisco. He's a good dude. Um, and he kind of gave like a history of Surfline, but we were talking earlier how he, he seemed to kind of waffle about whether or not he wanted to make like a judgment call, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And probably, you know, I get it because it's a vice. I mean surf surfline is a total vice if you're a surfer today. Um if you're super bit, if you're really busy and you only have like an hour a day to surf tops, you probably think it's the best thing in the world. Um right. because you can't actually go, oh, okay, I can drop whatever I need to do right now because the waves like fun and get out and get out there and surf. That sounds amazing. The problem is that everybody else has surf line. And so, I mean, surfing is uh, it's a it's a limited resource and it's gotten a unbelievably more crowded in the last 10 years, 20 years. I mean, to the point where uh, Ocean Beach, which is a very difficult place to surf. The water's cold. The waves are very powerful. Nobody learns to surf at Ocean Beach. Everybody that surfs there came from somewhere else. Uh, it's more crowded than a lot of spots like you would surf, Colin, in Southern California. I mean, mm. Ocean Beach is so crowded now, a lot of us don't surf there anymore because of the crowds. Mm. And is that because of the surf line? I don't know. Nobody, nobody could answer... Nobody could for sure... Tell you, but probably. I mean, a lot of it is like Ocean Beach. I think has like eight cameras. It's a roll, it at
0: least, right? So there's a roll. Oh yeah, there. yeah. I mean, yeah. so
1: so the thing the so there's the, there's the crowding element. It no doubt contributes to crowding. There's no question about that. It contributes to crowding, but it's also insanely useful. Well, okay. See, th- there's also two things here. There's the cameras and there's the forecasting. So like, if you're gonna do a surf trip, it used to be you would literally roll dice. Well not literally. Yeah, but right. Basically, right. you know, like I don't know, there's usually waves in May in Nicaragua. Let's <laughs> hope go, there are you know? waves. <laughs> but now you can be and usually you still kind of do that because you're yeah. booking far in advance. But I mean if you have the means or if it's like a Baja strike mission you're just going to drive, you can be like, oh, there's a swell coming. And you're going to be pretty accurate in terms of what it's going to be doing. And so you kind of know. And so, you know, places will tend to get overrun because everybody has the same forecast. You know, everybody knows that there's waves coming. And that's one thing. You, you know it's it, whatever that's that's that but the camera thing is i i just it's a it's a it's a vice and like it's it'd be hard for us to pry it from our hands at this point but it's yeah. not i think it's probably pretty ultimately bad for it i mean there's a there's a the crowding is one thing but there's also a certain romance to just knowing when the waves are going to be good to a certain under to a certain degree i mean mm. one of the one of the Skills, I guess, that like has stuck with me my whole life is like I can tell basically for the most part what ocean conditions look like if I'm within a few miles of the beach just by looking at like the leaves on a tree. I know that sounds insane, or the what the clouds look like. Like you you learn that like pretty early. I mean, it's almost like a Polynesian wayfinder to a certain degree, where you're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, wind looks like this. When that tree goes like this, I know that the way the wind is blowing from this direction, and I know how much if it's moving this much, I know what that means. Like the surface conditions are going to look like. Oh shit, I need to go surf. And, like, that's a skill. That's an awesome thing to know. And, and to rely entirely on a camera, it kind of, it just, it, it sucks. Frankly, it, it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it's just too easy. I don't know. It erodes, like, an important thing that we used to kind of learn growing up. Uh, and it also, I mean, you, if you read stories from the 70s, before surf forecasting was a thing, dudes just showed up at the beach. You just, I don't know. Are there waves? No idea. How cool is that? Like, that's great. And, like, sometimes it was big. Oh, amazing! And like you wouldn't know why, and like or or like you'd paddle out and it'd be two feet, and then in two hours it's six feet. You're like, this is amazing! I I've never had that experience. Like you know that happens a lot in places like like Hawaii, like big open ocean places where like swells will rapidly increase in size. Less so in Southern California, but it does. You know. It'll happen. And now you yeah. know, you know for sure. Oh, it's going to get today. It's supposed to be like two feet in the morning and then like 12 feet in the afternoon. But how cool would it have been if you just like show up somewhere to surf and the conditions are perfect and you're like, wow, oh, this is really fun. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you're just like, holy shit. But I don't know. Does
0: Surfline eliminate that? I don't, yes. I,
1: entirely. I, Unless you don't. Well, no. If, if you pay attention to it, it does. If you don't, then it doesn't. I mean, you can ignore so Surfline.
0: I guess the how much of this do you think is, is truly the, the, the old Surf Sage? Reacting to a development, and and because here's as a as a as someone who came to surfing in, in middle aged, and I mean is that exact person you described of like I'm gonna have an hour to go, yeah, um and I can just drop everything and go, I'm still probably gonna default to the closest place in that re, you know regardless of conditions I'm like I can't drive further I got an hour right well, so I'm gonna go true. where I'm gonna go so I yeah. might I maybe I'll look at the camera. You know, actually, a couple weeks ago was a good point. Like, so, Ocean um, Oceanside Harbor is my go-to. It's the closest one. Um, it's a great, it, you know, it's it's just it's easy parking, easy in and out, all the things that are convenient for my lifestyle, right? And there's days when I go there when I shouldn't because it can get heavier than I like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, ah, I'm just going to go. And— you know, I will look at, and it's also, what's a high tide spot. Like, it's it's good at high tide. So if it's high tide and it's good, then a lot of people are <laughs> going to be there. But, like, look, I didn't have time. It was low tide. I knew it was going to be crappy. Guess what? That's where I went, right? Because I yeah. didn't have a lot of time. I just wanted to get in the water. I don't know if, you know, I don't I don't know if, like, something like surfing line of the cameras really makes, does it make that much of a difference or, because I guess that's my point is that the older I get and the more maybe I get engaged with surfing to the point where, I have more flexibility in my schedule, and I can really learn to be a good surfer and not just the guy who likes to get in and play around on a surfboard, which is kind of how I feel like I am right now. you want to maximize I, your water time? yeah, I think I think I will acquire the skills you're describing mm, and maybe not be at not be super reliant on on the app itself. Does that make uh, sense?
1: No, it does it does. So it's also different because I live thirteen miles from the ocean now, so I can't tell that as much from here. Like I don't have no idea what, sure, the, right. what the beach is doing from where I live now. That's just not possible. And so, and the same situation for you, right, like you don't know, yeah like, you're you're pretty far, like you can I'm have probably about idea, the same yeah fifteen but, but miles you, something but like you that. don't know, so like I'm talking about, you know, like, well, most of my life, I grew up within like a mile from the beach, so i that's yeah. that's yeah. you know that it's that kind of hyper local knowledge that that I think is something that's really special and that's the, the thing here's the thing i hate wave pools for the same reason like part of being to me part of being a surfer is immersing yourself in nature in a way that i nothing else quite replicates the closest thing i can come to is like fly fishing even though it probably doesn't seem even remotely similar that's the closest experience i've had to what it feels like I to surf that, yeah and to be a yeah. surfer to that to be like the the focal point of your life and it's not the riding waves part is a very small aspect of that it's everything right. it's, it's the ocean knowledge it's the it's the it's the nature knowledge it's the weather knowledge i mean all of that sort of stuff i mean the other day i mean you could anybody who goes outside a lot can do this but like me and my friend were talking about how like super accurate we are about like not having a clock And being like oh i think it's 4:18 like you you learn that sort of skill Yeah, you're like no i i, you know, I can do that too outside i know you mean a lot yeah. and you're like you, yeah. you know but like that's different now like you have apple watch you have it's just i don't know it's just i do feel like there's a there's a complete package of outdoor skills and appreciation and and a love of all these sorts of things that is eroded when you're just sort of maximizing one part of it. And to me, Surfline is maximizing the the wave-riding aspect. You're like eliminating everything else. Oh, it's glassy and fun. I'm on it. Great. I get it. Especially if you have limited time, especially if you live too far away from the beach to be able to tell that on your own. But I do think you're giving up a lot. I mean, this is the same argument I would make about like why the internet should be drowned in a bathtub. You know, I I think... (laughs) I think life was more... I think life was a bit but richer. But then we couldn't do our podcast. <laughs> you know? But, but we... No, but we would probably just be having this conversation over beers, you know? And, like, yeah, you know, other people couldn't hear us, but we'd still have an enjoyment. You know? Like, I just don't... That's true. I just no. don't know that it makes your life... I, I, I've, I'm, I'm less happy now as a surfer than I was before Surfline existed. Now, that's not because of Surfline.
0: But what I can... I think I Surfline in- impacts your community more than it impacts the general surf community and here's why because i think the the people who are going to rely on surfline are probably the ones who really understand it know what you're talking about and know like where they want to be it's, it's like you know oh swells coming in this is the spot i'm, yeah, but I'm i don't want you know, them local there either. it's
1: not like it matters I, I, no yeah. I,
0: I understand that i wonder it's just is it is, is this more of an the inc- but i don't think the increase in participation or the even the kooks or noobs or whatever using Surfline probably are leading to maybe what you're describing you don't like about it. And I think here's why I think maybe this holds water is because so I did a thing recently, you know. So like my my version of surfing is probably mountain biking, right? I've been mountain biking for a long time, all those kinds of things. And my issue that I had on the podcast a few months ago about electric mountain bikes wasn't e bikes existing as in the mountain biking space it was like, wow, that is just shortening the learning curve to to know how to mountain bike. Sure. And it's kind of, so like so there, but it's also like, I should probably get off my high horse a little bit. It's like, well, this is just how they're going to learn to mountain bike. And if they're still mountain biking in 10, 20 years, they're still going to know all the lessons that eventually I learned as well. Right. That's
1: true. Yeah, that's true. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, I guess if you're, if you, if you didn't grow up in the same analog world that I did, like it, you know, uh, yeah, no. what, I'm, what I'm saying is meaningless. And you probably feel like you can tell what the weather's doing and what the waves are doing by looking at the trees. Right. I'm sure they feel the same way. Um, yeah. But I have very specific memories of being like in the car with my b- roommates and being like, oh, look at the flag. You know, I, again, granted, you would still do that now. You totally would still do that now. like, you're glued yeah. to Surfline all the time. But it's le- I think it's less, ma- there's less magic. And honestly, here's the that thing. That makes sense. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Cybertruck. You could say the same thing about the internet. We're removing like the magic. Part of our lives, and especially as like outdoor people, this is the same reason I don't like all trails. It's the same reason I don't like same reason that like I make fun of you for like tracking all of your like stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. I just, I I just feel like there's a magic to this, and and like th- that technology erodes it. Um, and I don't want that. I mean, it's 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 I pay eight ninety nine or nine. I don't even know what it costs a month for Surfline. I still do because it's like because I, I I live far enough away from the ocean. I it helps for me to see what it looks like. I mean, but yeah, but like ah, the magic is gone. I mean, you used to just show up at the beach and you'd have impromptu conversations because, like, I don't know if it's going to be good. Like, you'd drive around and talk to each other. Like, growing up on the Central Coast, there was no cams. So, like, you'd go, you'd drive to one spot and you'd see, like, your three buddies. But, like, hey, did you guys check the rock? Uh, it looked a little weird. Let's go look at the pit. All right. And you go do that. Like, maybe the jetty's good. You can't even see that. You can't even see the South Jetty. So you have to like commit because you know what it looks like all these other places. The jetty's probably good. Let's paddle all the way across the harbor mouth and walk a mile to get to it. Like and like I there's probably a camera on the jetty now. It's just like why can't but why can't you
0: still do what you just described, even if there's a camera
1: on it? Because every because now there's gonna be thirty fucking people on it. Because they, they, they have the cameras. Not necessarily. Yes, yeah, necessarily. Not. I mean, that's how it is. That's, <laughs> that's what's happened. I mean, again, you can't specifically say it's because of Surfline. But I think we all right. kind of assume like 75% of the crowding is Surfline. You go to Ocean Beach now, yeah. the crowds are going to be where the like five cameras are, for sure. They, mm-hmm. and, like, they didn't pick those spots because that's where it was the most crowded. I mean, a couple of them they did. But for the most mm-hmm. part, that's where, because it's like, oh, I see that there's waves at Taraval. I can see them. And, like, I don't want to have to drive to the beach back and forth looking for the best sandbar. So now Tarval will be crowded.
0: I do think this is why our generation is interesting to listen to on these topics, and that's not a, self-service, a self, self, self-serving statement. I think because, yeah. because we were born in the non-technology era and now we're existing in the technology era, and I think it'd be interesting to see like, what our kids say about stuff in like 20, 30 years about this and like, what are they lamenting. is the right? only
1: one that matters. I, and I mean, yeah, that's I'm dead true. serious about that. I don't mean that, about, I, I really mean <laughs> that, because we know because what we Yeah, the perspective. Like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and what I was about to say earlier is there's lots of reasons why this is the case but I'm not happier now than I was before surfline, So like it clearly doesn't provide a happiness. It doesn't enrich my surf e- surfing life. But isn't life that a tr- bit of a choice? I mean, I, th-
0: I, I, but I feel like a lot of these things that people can when the technology is kind of like put under the microscope in, in, in a negative way, I'm like, I don't have to engage with it that way. Either, you don't, you know,
1: you don't, you don't. And, and most of the time I don't, but this one does impact my life because I'm pretty sure it increases crowding. I mean, the other side of this equation is it's a it's a masterful piece of technology and it's gotten a lot. Right. There. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's a lot to be said for the people. I mean, I know the people that work there. They do a good job. I mean, it's it's a it's a pleasant site to visit, if nothing else, just as a surfer, because there's great photos and it's interesting. Sure. To see. Yeah.
0: No, swells, I like I get their places. their newsletters are great. It's fun when yeah. they, you know, like get like here's what's going on in other parts of the world that like I never would have thought to check on on my own. Like, oh, cool, read about that swell well, that, that in here and they have great videos that, and stuff like that. That's
1: pretty fun. I will say that is actually pretty neat. Like occasionally I'll be like, you know, up late at night being like, I wonder what it looks like at Snapper Rocks in Australia and you can just watch people surf. I mean, that's actually pretty sweet. Um, yeah. They don't like they probably don't like that, but probably can, don't like I'm it. not I'm not going there either. So.
0: Well, let's go to the last one because this one was kind of gnarly. So yeah. The last story was um it's from Road.cc. It's about a cyclist who's suing Trek and Shimano for $2 oh, million yeah. Dollars. yeah. after having, I'm going to call an intimate encounter with his, brake, his bike's brake lever. Apparently, this person was on a bike path, had to swerve, and the awkward maneuver caused the brake lever to hit his thigh. Where it caused a foot long wound that required a lengthy hospital stay, multiple surgeries, a skin graft, and permanent numbness. And so my, I wrote, my only question is, my God, what the hell happened?
1: I was trying like, to imagine that. I wonder if it was like a de, like, almost like a degloving situation.
0: Like, did it hook I, onto his skin and pull a bunch of his skin off? A, a foot long. I mean, you've cr- you've crashed your bike to the point where you had like shoulder surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, you oh, had yeah. like a gnarly injury. I wrecked yes. my bike. I wrecked my bike two weeks ago. I. I, I I cannot imagine what happened that resulted in this.
1: You're going fast. I can tell you that. They're going fast.
0: Well, and then not the legal bit of it all, like, okay, this is all over a lawsuit, and I didn't want to like make it as kind of a downer of a story here in the pod, but he's, it's a suit over negligent design and failure to warn, but like, what are you looking for? Like, you know, like <laughs> the collapsible brake If levers, you fall like,
1: exactly <laughs> like this, this, like at this speed... And you weigh between 185 and 190 pounds, <laughs> the brake lever one out of a million times will do this to your thigh. You should be warned. I mean, I, I dude, you're on a I, bike, I, bro. Like, yeah. Sue the I, bike company anytime you fall, I guess. Like, I don't know. I could, I guess I probably could have sued the tire manufacturer when I fell. I didn't, you know, like I wasn't warned that if I, that it didn't grip this fire road properly. I mean,
0: I mean, this goes back a little bit kind of full circle to the Everest thing and some of the conversation there of, like, the why we do some of these things and what's adventure and whatnot. And, I mean, look, there is—the element of some risk is, I think, an attractive thing here. Obviously, this guy's on a bike path, sounds like with his wife or something. That's not probably what he was out looking for. But, you know, you're on a two-wheel device, you know, shit can happen, you know? Also,
1: like, what—you probably have insurance. Like, you probably have insurance. Like, you probably didn't—it wasn't like it was, like—like— I don't understand. I I don't I don't understand it. Sound, it. I don't.
0: It understand. sounds horrible. But you're a good point. Like you're not you're not you know a paraplegic. You know you're not like I don't know. Like I I, I definitely would. I'm interested to know more. I also don't know if I want to know more. It also makes me think about just how messed up some things are when you go out there. like you freak out when you see the families where the kids are wearing bike helmets and the and the parents don't wear bike helmets Not it drives me fucking i do that bananas sometimes.
1: i do that, What's where, that i i've done that but it's always on accident like i forget to bring my helmet when i pick the girls up or something on the cargo bike
0: well and you said when you, if you're out um with them though typically you're wearing a helmet
1: i always do with them because i want them to see me yeah. with it but i wouldn't wear a helmet around town <laughs> otherwise
0: but that's kind of my point. Like, if I just saw a, a random person— Actually, the one thing that does drive me crazy is when you're mountain biking or whatever, and there's the person who's climbing, and they've taken their uh, helmet off and have it, like, yeah. on their backpack, uh, cause and I'm like—
1: Because they're super cool. <laughs> well, that's
0: what I mean. It's actually— How else are you going to know? It's just more comfortable to have—just keep it on your head. Like, why are you stopping to take they, it off and put because it Because they're cooler than you, and you— I must be. Now,
1: and now you know that they're cooler than you.
0: But look, I don't want to feel bad. I feel bad for this poor person who had this wound on their leg that's a foot long. I mean, a foot long. I
1: would if they weren't suing a bike brand for $2 million. Like, frankly, it's like your my empathy goes out the window. And it's like, oh, cool. So now everything's going to cost more. Perfect. Like, right.
0: now
1: they're going to like have to, like, I.
0: Yeah, I'd rather go three times looking for the. It was supposed to something was supposed to happen that didn't happen, right? It was supposed to, like, this, under this amount of weight, it should have bent, or something, you know what I mean? And, like, there was some extreme <laughs> example.
1: $2 million? But... <laughs> I mean, like, if I had a brand-new bike and the frame just cr- literally exploded Simpson-style when I fell, like, like no reason for there to be fire, but it, it burst into flames, my mountain bike, I still don't <laughs> think it would occur to me to, like, sue Moran bikes yeah. over it. I just, I, right. I don't get that.
0: I don't... yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to this poor guy. It kind of makes uh, me want to
1: ride my bikes all, and fall on the brake lever, actually, more think about it, because maybe I could what? sue somebody for $2 million.
0: has <laughs> no, he, he,
1: deep pockets. Let's see. You know? But
0: what if you hit that one in a million chance, and now you've got the, you know, you, I, I can't do the pod this week. I'm in the hospital Guess I got a foot-long wound that, in my that, thigh.
1: I'd be mean, that dude from Office Space, though, where I'm just, like, all fucked up. I'd be like, yeah, I'm retiring. It's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're gonna create a jump to conclusions, Matt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 collapsible, collapsible brake break levers. It's a, it's an, it's a burgeoning market. It's coming up. All right, and man. Fun. We can wrap it up. What, what, what's going on at AJ? What do you guys have going on? Issues coming out soon.
1: Issues coming out. Yeah, I think it goes to press in like a week. Or two, nice. Uh, so it should be hitting newsstands or not newsstands? Your mailbox, the spring issue, uh, a couple of weeks. It's a good one. It's got it's the first one that has some changes in it. The other there is some other exciting magazine news, which is that uh, the the blood the blood suckers that own Surfer magazine now um, are decided to put out a print issue. So they hey, they you, did, told us, you, you told us last week. Did I? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I know what I'm well, I know what I'm working on now, which is
0: uh Oh, which, okay, which, that's cool. Tease that.
1: Which, which is an art brewer which is, who is like one of the most legendary surf photographers of all time. Um and he died I want to say like two or three years ago and mm. uh one of the most probably the best surf photographer of all time. Although Jeff Devine would probably argue with that, but a, a, just a phenomenal shooter. Um and really a big deal in the surf community. So we're doing like a career re- retrospective where I get to talk to like a bunch of luminaries about you know being with art on trips and like what he meant to them and stuff like that so that'll be a fun piece to put together i mean it's always fun to to increase your like surf hero uh contact list in your phone so
0: are they can people subscribe to that now
1: i don't think it's a subscription thing it's gonna be a one-off so i don't really know and i don't know when it's gonna come out i know what my deadline is so i think it's probably i think they're probably targeting it for this summer but um they did one with powder and i guess it did i guess it sold pretty well and so I think it's more—it might be like a testing the waters for, for like, more print stuff. I don't know. It'd be fi- interesting to find out how this is—I mean, there might be a pivoting back to print for some of these titles, which would be pretty
0: there, cool. De- there's definitely going to be. I, I, when Rogi was on, we were talking about it. It's, it's not that to say it's going to be where it was you know, 20 years ago when we, you got had six subscriptions and got— what's six, you know, 36 copies of a magazine, you know, and 60, what's six times 12? Whatever that fucking number, 72. (laughs) 72. 72. Your house is just littered with shit tons of copies of magazines. It's not going to be like that anymore. No. But, like, it's the same, like, why, I still buy vinyl. I don't buy physical media like I used to. If I like a movie enough, I will buy the Blu-ray so I have a physical copy of it. And it's the same thing, you know? And I, I love the idea, frankly, of getting a magazine... Two four times a year versus getting it every month or every week. Oh, big time. I had boxes of Sports Illustrateds when I was a kid. Just Dude, boxes. It's so hard, it's hard it's to a make a magazine, magazine every
1: month. It is so like for AJ, for example, yes. like it's going to print right now, and I'm started emailing some people that I'm covering for the next issue, which doesn't come out for four months, right? So right. it's like or three months, I guess. So um, you know, it's like that's even that comes up fast. Like God, when I was a Surfer, you had to make a magazine every month. It was insane. You literally hit like send to the like printer yeah. and you're already behind deadline for the next issue and so you it, it sucks so like a couple of year especially for something like surfing where everybody has social media anyway like you, well, you, know, that, you kind of do a deep dive it's great
0: and that's it like to, to, to maybe to put the to frame the internet in the positive light back to our other conversation today right it's like i can get great print magazines where there's stuff in it then i have time to read it before the next issue comes out and i'm interested yep. in most of the topics or whatever it is and then in the day-to-day it's like there's there's plenty of blogs and websites and things you can get your fill like little thing podcasts are a great example of that you can now listen to this kind of media and before it was just, it was only print, right? It's just like, oh, you got to get a magazine. That's all there is. So I think it's going to be, I think the print world's going to get real good in the next few years. All right. Well, hey, listeners, before you move on to that next podcast, please take a second and follow The Rock Fight wherever you're listening. Leave us a five star review. It actually helps out help the show. Back to, and remember, hey, buy some long weekend coffee. Go to longweekend.coffee. Buy some coffee. The Rock Fight's a production of Rock Fight LLC. For Justin Hausman, I'm Colin Truth. Thanks for listening. Here to take us out. He just texted me and said, you should buy some long weekend coffee. It's Chris makes. with the Rock Fight Fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.